13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. Changing things up slightly, and uh, many of you would know that, uh, of course, uh, at the current moment, uh, the uh, uh, Nelson Mandela Bay Metro and uh, the Sara Bartman District uh, Municipality in the Eastern Cape, uh, certainly being the key areas uh, where the uh, challenge of containing the spread of COVID-19 infections continues to be uh, a top of mind and a uh, key priority for authorities in that neck of the woods. And this evening, in our SMME exchange, uh, we ask ourselves, with the Nelson Mandela Bay and uh, parts of the Eastern Cape uh, experiencing a possible second wave, what is this going to mean for small businesses in that area, uh, which uh, generate a considerable amount of their revenue during this period uh, in sectors that uh, certainly cater to many of those who might be going to undertake their leisure in that part of the world, uh, be it uh, in places like uh, 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 you know, uh, Port Elizabeth uh, or even uh, Jeffreys Bay, uh, St. Francis and uh, that part of the world right through uh, to what m one might find, of course, uh, in the Sarabatman area on the Sunshine Coast there. And this evening we have a chance to speak uh, to um, one of the entrepreneurs in that uh, neck of the woods. Uh, Oluam Mwazi is the managing director of Black Hat Group and uh, joins me now for our SMME exchange. Oluam, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, evening, evening, Abonga. Thanks for the invitation. Yes, no, thank you very much for joining us. And I certainly hope that we'll be able uh, to uh, uh, hear you clearly on the other side. Before we, before we get going, maybe start off uh, just Black Hat Group. What is uh, Black Hat Group? What is it that you guys do? And uh, based as you are, of course, uh, uh, in uh, Blackhead Group is um, well a small research and writing company. Um, we do also leadership development, and because of the nature of our company, we have had to actually respond to different um, uh, needs of clients, including that of publishing small books or publishing small books and helping self-publishing uh, people to actually um, launch their manuscripts. Yes. Mm, mm. And 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 in that work, I mean, uh, it's quite interesting that uh, you would operate, I guess, in in a sort of space that would allow you and uh, at least uh, give you a great scope to to work remotely. Talk to us about how I guess this this COVID nineteen moment has affected some of your work and uh, some of the uh, uh, work that uh, many of your clients would have issued and commissioned. Well, COVID nineteen has really um, been an unfortunate, um, you know, experience for a lot of us in this region, and I'm sure in many parts of the world. What um, you know, the year started so very well until we got to to March, where we have had to actually discontinue some of the projects that we were looking uh, to do, and our clients have actually also had to sort of lay, lay down some of their work workers that they actually have. Even Blackhead has also been affected in this uh, regard. But um, six months or so down the line, people are starting to pick up where they left off. And uh, unfortunately, there has been businesses that have closed down. Some restaurants around and other people are going back to the job market. And we all know mm. the job market is really not taking new people until some level of uh, or some semblance of of normality is back. Mm, mm. And we do know, I mean, I'm certainly if we look at some of the numbers that came through from Stats SA uh, about the uh, labor market in the Eastern Cape, uh, it's certainly uh, falling on very, very difficult moments. Uh, I think there's more 
Uh, there were more, more jobs in 2009 in the labor market than uh, I guess there currently are in the third quarter of 2020. So that should tell us something about how difficult uh, uh, labor market conditions are in that part of the world. But about COVID-19. Uh, we know there's all manner of rumors. I see fake news every day. I see banners saying, uh, you know, we're going to go back to level three or level five in parts of Nelson Mandela Bay and parts of the Eastern Cape. What implications from what you observe and with the clients you work with, what implications would a second phase of a hard lockdown have on businesses that operate in Nelson Mandela Bay? You've already said, as yes, as Vali, well, what impact do you think? Uh, uh, you know, coming as it would now, a festive, well, what impact would that be? That will really put the nail on the coffin, Ayabonga, uh, uh, because if, 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 if a second phase would come of lockdowns, it means that whatever we're trying to do to recover from, uh, you know, the catastrophe of the past uh, few months, it means that um, we, we would not actually come back uh, alive. We'll probably all have to shed jobs even more, and even find ourselves looking for um, employment. But the, 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 the most important thing that we have not really seen in the region uh, is, 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 is a proper way of communicating where we are and right information. And I'm not just talking about posters actually telling us that uh, there are seven people there, five people there, three people there. I'm talking about some kind of trend analysis that um, if you can actually trace where, the, where, the, where the, um, the incidences are happening and what kind of analysis that one can draw from that. No, it's young people who are committing this or who are actually um, uh, getting infected and therefore they actually re- relatively move in these kind of spaces and all of that. So that those people, those businesses who are operating in those kind of spaces can then be targeted and can be addressed uh, appropriately. Mm, COVID is mm. not going to go away anytime soon. Sure, sure, so we sure. can't also be easily, you know, um, thinking about uh, closing down. What we should be enforcing, I think, it should be more the, the behavior of people, more than anything, before we threaten society that is going to close down. Because when you do that, you are creating more public panic um, mm. There was a, a headline on one of our news um, outlets uh, last week that uh, said a 1,500 1, deaths uh, in Nesman Bay um, are because of COVID, but they didn't actually give uh, where does this 1,500 deaths come from? Is it the whole duration? Was it only last week? Or and so forth. So when you do that, when you communicate uh, that that um, that kind of statistics in that way you are actually mm-hmm. increasing public panic people sure, who are sure. now uh, who are supposed to be changing behavior they are actually are the ones that actually are contributing now mm. in, in 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 wrong behavior if i start sure, coughing sure. i probably will actually go to the hospital and then i cause blockages there but i won't have mm. just standard cough or flu sure, sure. Um, well, that's what we've actually well, been experiencing well, that um, well, because of well, that we we have not really responded appropriately. Let's take a quick spot break now and uh, when we come back we'll start to unpack maybe I guess for for, for the Bay economy and uh, the economy broadly of the Eastern Cape province Uh, and I'm already thinking about the tourism sector, some of the leisure facing industries uh, of the economy and the potential implications of uh, I guess restrictions in mobility during this festive season in Nelson Mandela Bay. We'll continue after this.
It's our SMME exchange and 24 minutes it is after 8 p.m. And uh, we're taking a look at uh, some of the uh, implications, of course, of uh, a looming or a potential uh, uh, lockdown, uh, hard lockdown uh, in uh, parts of uh, uh, the Eastern Cape, in particular Nelson Mandela Bay and Sarapartman district, where the president a few weeks ago spoke about uh, uh, some of the spike in uh, the spread of infections that we've seen in that part of the world. And I'm joined by Oluam Mwazi, MD at Black Hat Group, to uh, speak just briefly about uh, the implications of a uh, potential or possible second wave uh, for that part of the world. And uh, Oluam, I guess to the point you were making around some of the behavioral responses we might want to factor in, rather than maybe just, you know, if, if you can't really, I guess, uh, get uh, the behavioral response and can't enforce things properly, just get everybody into a lockdown. Uh, your view is that there are some things that we could potentially do, but um, when I think about, you know, the sectors that uh, would be generating much of the value uh, during this during this moment, especially uh, with the festive season, I'm thinking of the tourism sector. I'm thinking of all of the other sectors that are linked to that. Um, uh, uh, do you think we have it, uh, uh, or, or we have potentially the infrastructure to be able to roll out a uh, awareness and enforcement program that doesn't necessarily require? parts of the province to go back to level three, level four, level five, God forbid? We, we could try harder, and um, information is so very important. Uh, people in the metro, you know, people that are supposed to be communicating, you know, um, not just statistics, but narratives of the statistics. You can't just give met, uh, data. And, and expect the whole community and the whole people because we come in different levels of understanding and education. So if you communicate a little bit more what it means or what is happening with the statistics, then we are actually forewarned and prepared in order to actually deal with our behavior. So this is a very important part because the lockdowns, especially in the tourism industry, right in the streets not far from where I stay, I think about three um, restaurants in in, um, in Stanley Street have actually closed down just during the lockdown, and um, more will probably close down. The, 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 the will and probably even the competence sometimes of our you know public representatives who can actually read, understand, analyze, and actually communicate this information because those are the people that we listen to. Those are the people where the majority of the people uh, listen to for for direction. Mm, so if mm. if if all the communicating is just these warnings and all of that, that is just public uh, uh, panic that you are communicating. With regards to enforcement uh, of behavior, that is why we have um, you know the the, the 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 South African police services. That is why we have even the army to actually enforce behavior, but of to enforce this behavior to an understanding community. And that is that is where the, the disconnect has been, is that you can't just tell people now, go and lock yourself in the house, in your mm. house, um, for another undefined period of time. It means that people are either going to die of, of hunger, or they actually have to then uh, decide to to, to rebel to against any form of authority because cause, um, of, of how things are done. Mm. And and yeah, I mean, it raises questions around the credibility of, uh, you know, the uh, uh, rescue measures that have been put into place. Because if Abandu was out in Goka, if it is our Lamba, then let me rather defy some of the uh, regulations that have been put into place. And, uh, you know, when the bond bags are on the ground, if you are, 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 you are
Um, yeah. you know, I guess I guess that has extensive implications, not just for this moment, but for the anticipated return of many uh, students back into the city. We do know uh, that uh, Port Elizabeth uh, and uh, Nelson Mandela Bay has a wide array of institutions as well. And uh, I guess th there might also be that influx as well that uh, is anticipated in the coming months. So the, the, the most important part of, of, of this aspect of, of our conversation is that uh, some kind of of, 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 of of normality, some kind of, of predictability would really do a lot. But if we have this cloud that is hanging, that is not clear, that we might be closing, we might not be closing, people must actually act mm. in this particular way. Remember, Nassim Mandela Bay has actually become a very um, cosmopolitan city. There are so many communities who are living here uh, in Nelson Mandela Bay. We have, you know, organizations like Kanisa who takes care of the na foreign nationals who are in the city and other organizations and other groupings of people who might not fall under those organizations. So when you just say close, your, cl close yourself into Nelson Mandela Bay, will only support you, the unemployed, with this amount of money, and will only give a few business businesses this amount of money. But you have a whole lot of a, a group of people who are economically active if they were not closed down, like the com the communities of Nigerians, uh, Zimbabweans, uh, Ghanaians, mm. and mm. other communities who might not be given this. Now this and this support. Now this encourages people to break the law. During the the lockdown, some salons were actually broken into, and they have not recovered even now. Um, in the streets where we work, um, right in in the CBD area, there were car breakings every single day. Maybe like in uh, two times in a week or three times. I don't want to mm. to, to over exaggerate. But I know that we would see people robbing and breaking windows right in front of where we work because now of the scarcity of resources and means for people to actually make a living. There are people who sit next to the road and actually collect arms and, 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 and money from us and other mm. people. So when you actually close and, and, and threaten people to close the economic activities, um, you you are in in actual fact telling people that they must find other ways to live and how many other ways um, Iowa that you can yeah, find to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you know that's a prescient point there, and uh, I'd like us to leave it on that point because I think you know uh, it's one thing to say to Abandu, let's restrict your mobility, but if you're not going to find a way for them to survive and be able to put food on the table, then I think you're inviting. Uh, all manner of defiance and questioning the credibility of the entire process. Olwam, for taking time out to speak to us. Uh, it's been a real pleasure uh, catching up with you and, uh, of course, wish you and uh, the team at Black Hat Group all of the best. Thank you. That there was Olwam uh, Mwazi, MD of the Black Hat Group, speaking to us uh, all the way from Nelson Mandela Bay, uh, which uh, seems to be the epicenter. Uh, of a uh, possible second wave uh, of a spike in COVID-19 infections. And uh, we certainly hope that that do doesn't necessarily happen or that uh, that won't be the case. Because, um, uh, as he said, uh, that uh, would be the final nail in the coffin of the uh, regional economy there in that part of the world uh, if uh, we were to find ourselves back at level three, level four, or God forbid, level five of the hard lockdown. Let's take a brief break now. When we come back, we stay in Nelson Mandela Bay where... Uh, we saw earlier on uh, this morning the release 
of uh, Andile Lungisa on special remission uh, and uh, after serving only two months of his two-year sentence for assault. Now, the ANC councillor started serving his sentence in September after he was convicted of assaulting DA councillor Reino Keza in 2016 by smashing a glass jar over his head in uh, what uh, Andile Lungisa uh, termed as uh, act of self-defense. And uh, we'll uh, uh, go to uh, some of the remarks that he made earlier on uh, on the uh, occasion of his release earlier on today, this morning. Stay tuned.